today we continue this series on bloodline breakers, breaking the barriers of your past. How many of you would say, I have a past? How many would say, yes, my past may not be bright, maybe my past wasn't that great, but I have a past. And for some of us, we can say, yes, our past is what it is. Well, if you will, please, bring up the scripture there in Exodus, Jay, if you will. As I continue to move forward here, Exodus chapter 20, verse 5 says this, and this has been kind of our, our month verse as we've been going through this series on generational curses, generational transfers, as we learned last week, and what that looks like in our life and what the scriptures have to say. It says this, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Let's back up to verse 6. Let's look at verse 6 real quick here as we've been going through this series. It says this, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. But he's going to show what? Mercy to thousands that keep his commandments, that show mercy and love. You know, one thing about being a bloodline breaker is this. You know, it was funny because I woke up this morning and I looked a little bit like Popeye. And I thought, what in the world is going on? God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? And he wanted me to use it as an illustration today. That's why. So I woke up and I went like this. You know how you wake up and you, you wake up and you're like, oh, wow, the, the world's bright and things look great. And I woke up like this. What is going on? Well, I called the doctor and the doctor said, no more monkeys jumping. That's sorry. That's good. <laughs> You could tell I've been spending a lot of time with my granddaughter this week. Anyhow, uh, you have pink eye. I kind of figured as much because it was matted shut. And so, you know, we, we, we go to the doctor, and when I called him, they're like, uh, Mr. Tackett, can we talk to you about uh, your past and your history with your family? Now, I've been preaching on this, and isn't this interesting? And you know what I said to him? He goes, is there any information you need to share about your family? And I said, no. <laughs> no. Because, what's that? How about no? I'm not doing it. And so I was able to share with them, this is what I'm going through. You know, now they're going to give you the big drops to go in your eye and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how I got ippy dippy ditis or Kungo Macoli or whatever in my eye, but it's there. So, uh... Junk divide. What is it called? You guys must be in the eyeglass business. I kind of figured as much. Yeah, just a little. Conjunctivitis. That means there's some junk going on in my eye. Anyhow, when they were asking me the questions, it made me stop for just a minute and think to myself, wow, this is interesting because now they want to know my family history. What's going on with my family history? Is there anything that I need to be you know, alerted of? The doctor needs to know these types of things, so on and so forth. And I started thinking to myself when I hung up the phone, you know, it's interesting how we will adopt word curses, how we will adopt what went on previous. But let me, let me say this to you. 
If I believe that when I was between the ages of 15 and 18 years of age, that I learned the principle of stopping the bloodline transfer that came from my grandfather to my my great-grandfather to my grandfather to my dad to myself, if I'm going to stop it, then I need to take authority over that. Amen? So we've learned that those are the things that we need to do. But the only way we'll ever find victory in becoming a bloodline breaker is identifying it, repenting from it, and acknowledging that we too need freedom. Look to the person next to you and say, I need freedom. We all need freedom. Now, many people will just kind of focus on that one part of that verse where it says, this goes into the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth generations. Well, I want you all to know the buck stops here. Now, say this with me. The buck stops here. Amen. Now, here's what it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It says this, Behold... I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He knocks. He's there. He's wanting to deliver you from the strongholds of your past, of your present. He wants you to live a life of victory. And I'm not saying that just because it sounds good. You know, because I'm preaching this message. Listen, I have been faced in my own life to have a can-do attitude instead of a can't-do attitude. I don't care what age you are or where you're at in your timeline. We all need to draw strength and have faith in Jesus Christ, who is the author, deliverer, and finisher of our faith. I read that somewhere in the Word of God. And so in order to adapt these things and these principles into our life we need to live it you know it's interesting since i've been going through this series man satan has been after us one thing after another isn't it funny every week you hear another story from our family well guess what we know that greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world nay in all these things we've been made more than conquerors through him who loved us I know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and today I declare that I have a can-do attitude and not a can't-do attitude. Amen? That we as a family will continue to go to the Lord on our behalf, and I'm going to teach that to you today about getting on our knees and praying. You know, Satan wants so badly for all of us not to be here today. He is so ticked off. He is all of hell is furious that we're here to worship and praise the living God. And so today, I love that I get to glorify him and that we get to come together as a family and as a church to glorify the Lord. And then to learn a great principle of breaking the barriers of our past. So, church, let me ask you this. Are you ready to receive God's can-do power? The power of his bloodline? Amen. Let's say this together. Look up on the screens and you'll say it. I've come too far to stop now. I may be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. I'm going to get back up again. I know I am a victor and not a victor. I'm a winner and not a whiner. Hallelujah. You know why? Because we're children of the Most High God. Because on the inside of you are seeds of greatness. You are the seed of Almighty God, and you are a champion. Oh, Pastor, where are you going with this? This 
my thing. I'm taking away where the enemy wants to take away from your life, and I'm pouring back into your life to say you can do it. You know, in our recovery program, don't miss next week because it's going to be great on breaking the bloodline curses because new hope for recovery is taking over Sunday morning. Graciously, nervously, but they're going to do it. And you're going to get to see it from a whole other perspective. Amen? Hallelujah. So if you, go, if you come to New Hope for Recovery, you'll get a chance and opportunity to see a little bit what goes on there and then understand what our ministry is about here at New Hope and freeing people from maybe their past. One of the things that was really interesting because one of the questions was, do you drink alcohol? Is there addiction in your family? Did your father? And so on and so forth. And so, you know, those were the questions that were asked to me today on the phone, which I thought was very interesting as well. But we know this that uh, we can stop those things by acknowledging them, repenting from them, and following Christ in our walk and in our life. There's a song by Chris Tomlin, and it talks about strongholds. And today we're going to talk about strongholds and how to break those. But I want you to hear this song where Chris Tomlin comes out and he says, I'm going to pull all these things down. And in the scripture, it says that we need to pull down high imaginations and we need to pull down addiction and we need to pull down lust and we need to pull down those things. Listen to this song and watch closely as, you know, I believe that the word has so much power in it that we can practice it just in our daily walk. Champion, oh, there is power. Some- 
Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we just ask that today every wall will come down, every stronghold will come down. In the mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ, Father, we pull down addiction. Father, we pull down sickness. Father, we pull down whatever struggle we're going through, fear, anxiety, worry, uncertainty. Father, today we bring it captive to you, Father, because you won the victory. And when you died on the cross and you said it is finished, it was finished. And so, Father, today we ask that you'll give us wisdom, discernment, understanding. Father, in the next few minutes, I pray that you'll you'll uh, bring to life the word of God. Help me to be able to explain it as you would want said and that we can understand it from the perspective of your word and that I can make it applicable. So, Father, we just ask that today that you'll hide me behind the cross, cover me with the blood of Jesus Christ, and, Father, may your word not come back void, but may it prosper there too to the hearts to every person that will receive it today. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Breaking the barriers of your past. Every four years, the world's attention turns to the Summer Olympic Games for a few days. Men and women from around the globe gather to compete against the best. Watching the Summer Games nowadays, it is almost difficult to remember that only a few decades ago, track and field experts pompously declared that no runner could break the four-minute mile barrier. Ostensibly, a human being couldn't run that far, that fast for the length of time. Experts, in quotes, conducted all sorts of profound studies to show it was impossible to beat the four-minute barrier. And for years, they were right. Nobody ever ran a mile in less than four minutes. But one day, a young man came along who didn't believe the experts' opinions. He didn't dwell on the impossibilities. He refused to let all those negative words from a stronghold In his mind, he began to train, believing he was going to break that record. And sure enough, he went out one day and broke the four-minute mile barrier. He did what the experts said couldn't be done, and his name was Roger Bannister. And he made sports history. Now, here is what I found so interesting about Roger Bannister's story. Within ten years... After Roger Bannister broke that record, 336 other runners had broken the four-minute mile record as well. Isn't that interesting? Think about that. For hundreds of years, as far back as statisticians kept track and field records, nobody, nobody ran a mile in less than four minutes. Then within a decade... More than 300 people from various geographic locations were able to do it. So what happened? Simple. The barrier to running a four-minute mile was in the athlete's mind for all those years. Runners believed what the experts were saying. They were convinced that it was impossible to run a mile in less than four minutes. And today, there's going to be four key points that I want to point to you in the next few minutes that, we're going to, that I'm going to point up here on the screen. One, you will never go beyond the barriers in your own mind. If you think you can't do something, then you never will. The battle is in your mind. 
Do you believe that? What does the scripture say in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2? They say, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your... We'll stop there. Number two, here's what, what it says. If you are defeated in your mind, you've already lost the battle. If you are defeated in your mind, you've already lost the battle. Doesn't the enemy want to do that to us? He wants to keep us defeated and say, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. Isn't that how the world is right now? If I didn't hear it once this week, I heard it five times. Why are people so mean now? What is going on? You know why? Because Satan, who is the prince and power of the air, is getting strongholds in people's lives, and he's running rampant from grandmas and moms all the way down to us, and we start singing, then we start adapting all of these you know, attributes, and we start bragging about it because we think this is great. I'm like my mom. I'm like my dad. No, let's be more like Jesus. Amen? And that's the Christian life. Number three, if you don't ever think your dreams will ever come to pass, they never will. If you don't ever think your dreams will ever come to pass, they never will. And then last, If you don't think you have what it takes to rise up and set that new standard, it's not going to happen. The barrier is in your mind. You know, isn't that amazing? If you don't think you have what it takes to rise up and set that new standard, it's not going to happen. The barrier is in your mind. How many of you would say in this room, growing up, okay, ready? Growing up, there was somebody who always tried to discourage you or bully you and tell you you couldn't do it. Great, there's four of us. I'm not sure how I'm going to move forward with this message today. All right, good. So there's four of us that need this message today. Just kidding. So we realize that many of us have been, we've been probably oppressed with or dealt with someone that has poured something negative into our lives. And yet, we have to realize that the barrier is in our mind, and we have to get past that. So if you look up in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. 2 Corinthians, I did that for you, babe. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, and here's what it says. Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold towards you. As he's, he's writing a letter and he's, teach, he's you know, calling out, listen, I may not be there, but I want to tell you that I'm coming to you with a humble spirit and I want to share my heart with you today. Verse 2, it says this, But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now I want you to put in your Bible that pulling down of strongholds, all right? You can circle it, highlight it. If you have your electronic device, you can also highlight it in there as well or underline it. What I'm trying to do today is I want to teach you truly what strongholds are but i love as paul speaks he speaks of spiritual authority so we see here that there are strongholds or barriers there are things that hinder us from actually 
having an effective, successful relationship. When a stronghold comes in our life and that wrong mind pattern or something discouraging comes in, maybe it's a situation, maybe, maybe for you it could be financial, maybe for you it could be discouraging, maybe it could be a position or your pride. Whatever it is, it distracts us and it becomes a barrier from our fellowship with our Heavenly Father. So I know for myself that, you know, going through my own situations, and I'm speaking of my own personal life right now, dealing with some personal issues, it is very easy for me to get distracted because of all of the noise that's going on, right? So we want to stay focused. We need to stay focused in our walk. But how do we do that? We can only do that by keeping our eyes on Christ, and really staying in the Word and, and, and studying the Word and allowing the Word to be applied. That's why we hold up the Bible. Because we proclaim the Word of God. We need God's Word. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. So get into the Word. It'll help you to combat. Because what you're doing is you're taking on Ephesians chapter 6. That if you put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes, and scams of the devil. Of the strong one. So how does a stronghold look? A stronghold can be discouragement. It could be hatefulness or unforgiveness. Bitterness. Maybe you've dealt with rejection. Maybe some in this room have dealt with abandonment. Someone has wronged you and you just can't get freedom from your stronghold. So you say, but pastor, what is a stronghold? A stronghold it's a wrong thinking pattern that keeps us in present and defeat. It's a wrong thinking pattern. And that's why it's so important that we think positive thoughts of hope, faith, and victory. That we keep our minds set on heavenly things, on kingdom things, on Jesus Christ. Because Satan wants to come in and he wants to still kill and destroy every bit of potential you have. And I'm here to tell you today, you have great potential. Because we started off today saying, you know what? We are champions of the Most High God. Sometimes we have these negative thoughts. You're never going to be successful. You're never going to rise to the top. You just don't have what it takes to make it. You don't have to, church, listen to those lies. Look to the person next to you and say, he's a liar. You don't have to listen to those lies. You need to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. For the Bible says in John 14, for we know that he is the way, he's the... And he's the hallelujah. So break these barriers or strongholds or even limitations of the past and let your mind dwell on fresh, positive attitudes of faith. I like what it says in, uh, in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 it reads, Set your mind on things above, not things on the earth. Wow. That's a challenge, isn't it? I know for myself, set your mind on things above, not things of this earth. But it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to get detoured. It's so easy to, to look at things that are going on around us and think, man, they're bigger than our God who's bigger, greater, stronger, just like the song says. And we need to put our faith and trust in him. You understand that once we do that, that we will help our children and our grandchildren for years to come. Roger Bannister set a new standard. He cleared the path. 
You know why? He did it for all those runners because he said it can happen. It's all in your mind. There were people who told me, Pastor, you'll not make it a day. You'll not make it a week. There's no way this can happen. Where's the anointing? Well, the anointing doesn't come from man. The anointing comes from our Heavenly Father. The anointing comes from Jesus. And I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb. And I tell everybody this. If I make it one day, one year, six years, ten years, fifteen years, seventeen years, this year's eighteen years, then you know what? We're doing the work of the Lord. But we can't give up. We've got to keep keeping on, right? Because the enemy wants to still kill and destroy. Did you hear what I said? But I want you to know that you are in the winner's circle, that Jesus loves you. And you're saying, Pastor, I appreciate that, but today I don't feel that way. Yeah, me either. Can I be transparent? Me either. Sometimes I ask that question, why? Why? Why is this happening to me? Why? Because I know who I serve. I know who I am, and I know whose I am. And I'm a child of the Most High God. And once we realize that, we know that the enemy is going to come after us. But we also know what it says in Romans 8, 28, right? And we know. And we know. I'm just going to put myself in your position. Interesting. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Do we know that all things work together for good? Man, it might seem crazy. But you know what I love? I love that God sees me. I love that he knows me. You know the Bible says that he knows the very hairs on my head. And I'm humbled that God sees everything I go through. I'm humbled that my little granddaughter can look at outside the door and watch her mommy pull away and know that she sensed don't you ever tell me otherwise because i know do we all know the power of almighty god and when that little two-year-old girl started grieving for her mother i knew right then something just took place that wasn't by accident that was because god holds her she's valuable and do you know why she's valuable because this grandpa this grandma got on our knees and we pulled down those strongholds and we said in the mighty powerful name of Jesus Christ, I stop the bloodline curse and we pray for every little grandchild, for every daughter, for every son-in-law and for every offspring of this family to just flourish in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And that is the power of the blood. You know why? Because we know we are bloodline breakers. I want your family to flourish. I want your family to grow. I want everybody to come to church. I'm not saying this because I, I oh, well, you practiced it, Pastor. Yeah, I had to live it. So I'm experiencing it. And obstacles still come my way. But I know that I was a called according to his purpose. What is your purpose, church? What is your purpose? Hallelujah. To save souls, to fulfill the great commission, to show people the love of Christ when the enemy wants to just take every bit of it away from you. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. You know what I love in 2 Kings, and this isn't in there, but the Lord kind of gave this to me uh, this morning. King Josiah, I love this little dude, you know, to think about people. I, I love the scriptures. How many of you love how God always uses children? 
Did you know that? He always uses children. Mary was a young adult. David was a young adult. Josiah was a young adult. Eight years old, he becomes king. Sixteen, he starts making some decisions around the kingdom. At, at 21 years old, he's taking down idols. He's pulling down strongholds that all of Israel was practicing. And his grandpa and his great-grandpa, when they were building all of this stuff, God said, enough's enough. I'm going to rise up this little man. And this little man is going to stop the bloodline curses. So he became a bloodline breaker. And he broke it in 2 Kings. And here's what he said. You know what? Tear him down. Tear him down. If there's something going on in your life, tear it down. You know what it says? It says pull down every strong thing. Every stronghold that you have, pull it down. Crush it over. Push it down. All material things. Just pull it down. This morning... I was thinking about King Josiah, and I thought, how cool would it be to be just a young man and yet be anointed by God? You're not limited. If you're in this room and you're a teenager or you're middle-aged or you're elderly, God can still use you right where you're at. You've got to accept that today and receive it. God is doing a great new thing in your life in all of our lives and isn't it great if there's some of you that are in this room and maybe you have parents that are here that loved you enough to say you know what i went to the lord on behalf of my kids becky and i were sitting thinking this week and we're grateful for some of the decisions that we made back when we were young adults and that I didn't have to worry about some of the struggles for my daughters as they were going through adolescence and and their youth because we spoke about it. We spoke about sex, drugs, rock and roll. I had to add rock and roll in there, you know, and uh, and there was to be none of that in my home. Anyhow, so and they knew that. But yet I told them you're going to go into an atmosphere and to an environment that you will sense that. Listening to week to this this pastor and he said if you're preaching messages and people aren't getting convicted to want to change what are you preaching and that's exactly how i felt about even teaching my kids i have to stop some things so that you know what we have to change we have to let the holy spirit convict you so that you change listen church and if you're falling asleep right now i want everybody's attention here's what i want to tell you today is a new day today is a new day i want you to go to the lord on behalf of your family I want you to go to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I want to do. I want to stop what's been going on because I love my kids. You know, people will say, I love my kids, but I'll tell you this. I would just be crushed if the Lord calls me home and I look over and see my kids and their name wasn't written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Or he said, depart from me. I never knew you. Wouldn't that be awful? So why aren't you, if you know the principles that I've been teaching over the last several weeks, why aren't you going on behalf of your loved ones and saying, I'm stopping here. Done. Over. See, revival takes place right here in Talmadge, Ohio, at New Hope, right where you're sitting. I'm not preaching to to the church that's in the backyard over here, the one that's up here. God brought you here today because this is what our church needs. I always feel that way. It's what we need as a congregation And that means that we have to change and we have to pull down those strongholds. Let me continue. 
If we fail to break the barriers of the past, you run the risk of spinning your wheels going around in circles. When God led the Hebrew people out of Egypt, where they had lived in slavery for 400 years, they headed straight toward the promised land. It was only, now think about this, an 11-day journey. But it took them 40 years to get there. Think about that. 11-day journey, and it took 40 years to get there. Why? Why would they wander around in the wilderness, going around the same mountain, time after time after time, not making any progress? You know why? Ryan, come here. <laughs> oh. You know why they kept going around that mountain? Because they didn't repent. One, and number two, because, come over here in the middle, remember? Because they turn, and then they return, and they turn, and they return. See what they're saying, get it? And then they turn. And then they turn. And then they return. Exactly. That was last week's illustration. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't make any progress. After all, listen to this. God had prepared the land flowing with milk and honey. It was a place of great abundance, a place of great freedom. But God's people had been beaten down by their oppressors for so long, mistreated, used and taken advantage of. Now, even though God wanted to do a new thing, they couldn't conceive it. They couldn't make room for it in their own thinking. Instead of moving forward with an attitude of faith, expecting good things, they insisted on going around with a poor, defeated mentality. Around and around and around they went, focusing on their problems, always complaining, fretting about the obstacles standing between them and their destiny. God finally jolted them out of their complacency. Deuteronomy 1.6, he said to them, You have dwelt long enough on this mountain. I believe God is saying something similar to us. You've been wallowing when you are long. You've been wallowing in this way too long. It's time to move on. Time to let go of the past hurts, pains, and failures. It's time to believe for bigger things. It's time for increase. It's time for promotion. It's time for supernatural favor. But if that's going to happen, you can't keep going in circles, doing the same thing the same way year after year after year. The key to developing a fresh vision for your life is breaking the barriers of your past. And so this brings us to the next important part. No matter what you've gone through in the past, no matter how many setbacks you've suffered or who or what has tried to stop your progress, Today is a new day. God wants to deliver you and to do a new thing in your life. He has great things in store for you. Don't let your past determine your future. Listen closely. Maybe you lived in an abusive situation where somebody mistreated you, somebody walked on you, somebody did you a great wrong. Please don't allow the great future God has for you by dwelling on the pains of the past. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7, it says this, Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor, and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double everlasting joy, 
shall be theirs. The Bible promises that God will give us a twofold recompense for our former shame. That means if you'll keep the right attitude, God will pay you back double for your trouble. He'll add up all the injustice, all the hurt, all the pain that people have caused you, the abuse and the embarrassment, and he'll pay you back with twice as much joy, peace, and happiness because that is God's desire for you. But you must do your part and do what? Start expecting great things and good things to happen. Keep your mind moving in the right direction. You can't have a victim mentality and expect to live in victory. You can't live in a perpetual pity party and then wonder why situations aren't improving in your life. Don't allow the circumstances in your life to separate you from the love of Christ. Because none of the circumstances can separate you. And here's what Romans 8:31 reads. And we'll be going all the way down from 8 Romans 8 verse 31 through 40. Listen closely church and we're winding the message down and we're going to be closing. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I tell myself that every day. If God is for me, who shall be against me? And if you're going through addiction, and maybe you're on day number four, or you're in day number two, or you're in two weeks, two months, two years, God is for you. So who shall be against us? He says this, he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us as well. How shall we not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, it says, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things... In all these things, here we are, because we know that all these things, right? There's the correlation. Romans 8, 28 and Romans 8, 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. Church, individual, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing, nothing, nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In closing, if you will change your thinking, God can change your life. Hmm. What a thought, isn't it? It, This is a disciplined life. How many times I've just wanted to do this? Throw in the towel. But I know, I know how important it is. And I know who I am. I know whose I am. I know who I am in Christ. And church, I want you as well to know who you are. I want to know that you're valuable. 
Mom and Dad, you're valuable to your kids. Stop the bloodline transfers. Grab a hold of it. God is just. He knows when people aren't treating us right. He knows when we're doing the right thing, yet the wrong thing keeps happening to us over and over. And he knows when we're operating with integrity, yet somebody comes along and cheats us out of what should have been ours. God sees every time you've been taken advantage of. He sees every time you turn the other cheek and let the offense go by. He sees every time you forgive or attempt to restore a broken relationship, even though it wasn't your fault. God sees all. He's keeping a good record of it as well. And he's promised to take all the evil that's come into your life, turn it around and use it for your good. But here's the key question. Here's the key question. Listen, church. Are you willing to change your thinking? Will you take the limits off what God can do in your life? Will you start believing him for bigger and better things? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Change starts here. If you will change your thinking, God can change your life. You can't go around thinking thoughts of defeat and failure and expect God to fulfill you with joy, power, and victory. You can't go around thinking thoughts of power, uh, of poverty and lack and expect God to fill you with abundance. The two concepts are incompatible. Surprisingly, many people have a narrow, limited mindset. They think small, believe small, and expect small, and then they wonder why nothing big ever happens to them it's their own thinking that's keeping them defeated i love what romans chapter 12 verse 1 says it says this i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god because i love you so much that you present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says this, and this is where we practice getting control and transferring it and and allowing God to have control of our mindset and our process. When Satan wants to say, you're not going to be a success. You're not going to make it. Keep keeping on. Be like the little engine that says, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. think I can. And before long, you say, I know I can. I know I can. I know I can. And right when you get to the top, God is ready to just take you on the greatest roller coaster ride you've ever experienced with your hands in the air and you screaming hallelujah, because that's what God does. He'll get you up over that hump. Do you hear that, Pastor Todd? Yes, I'm I'm hearing that. But I love this. He says, but be not conformed to this world, but be a transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is God's perfect will for you? To live a holy, acceptable life and to to be sold out, sanctified for Jesus Christ. Can I share a story with you real quick? There was one young man, he was 11 years old. And he said to Papa Pastor, Hey, Papa Pastor, you know, I want to go out And many of you may not know what tracks are. A lot of churches have a big track board. And uh, we do have tracks available as well, but we don't have the the board out there. And you can go back there and grab a track and hand it to people. I always had a problem with that sometimes because I feel like people, you know, they use them as as firing darts. You know, it's everywhere you go. uh, If you have a track, and a track is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. We're the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So our testimony should be bigger than a piece of paper. That's just my feelings. But since I'm the pastor, I was able to share it with you today. 
But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have the young lady or young man who's your waiter or waitress come up to you and, you know, give you phenomenal service. And then you look at him and say, well, the bill is $52, and I'm only going to leave him $2, but I'm going to leave him this track. Please do not disgrace Christ like that. Love people, because that's truly what it's about. Show love. So there was that little boy and Papa Pastor. And they were together, and he says, hey, Daddy, I have a question for you. And he's like, what's that, son? He's like, hey, I want to go out, and I want to pass out these tracks. I want to give these tracks out, and, and, and I want to... I, I know you, you challenged us last week in the church service to go out. And he said, but son, have you seen the conditions outside? It's cold. It's wet. It's raining. And I don't, I don't want to go outside today. Let's pick like tomorrow or the next day. He said, but listen, Papa Pastor, this is what I want to do. You told me that we need to go out. Somebody needs to hear the gospel message. And this little 11-year-old boy was just adamant. He was just so on fire for the Lord because he had heard what the, what the Holy Spirit had spoke to him. And the week prior, and he said, this is what I want to do. Well, Papa Pastor finally said to him, sure, that's fine. You go ahead, son. You go out and about and you do it. So he, he went ahead and he said, here are the tracks. Go ahead. You know, just notify me. Tell me where you're at and what you're doing. Keep your cell phone on you and give me a call. So this little dude, and this is a true story. This little dude went out. And he said it was really weird, maybe because it was cold and it was wet and it was rainy and things were going on. He said it was kind of bizarre because there wasn't anybody on the streets. And I wanted to kind of do what a lot of other people do, get on my soapbox and preach the name of Jesus, right? And he wanted, him to, wanted people to know, but, but that didn't happen. And yet this little dude said, I'm going to do something. There's a house over there. And the Holy Spirit told him, you go over there to that house and you knock on that door and you give whoever's in that house a track. So he went over to that house and he knocked. He rang the doorbell. Nobody came. So he continued to knock and rang the doorbell. And finally, this elderly lady comes to the door and she says, yes, can I help you? And that little 11-year-old boy looked at her and said, he said, I have something to tell you. And she said, well, what is that? He said, Jesus loves you this much. And she said, Oh, he does? And he said, yes, he loves you this much that he spread out his arms and he died for you. Do you know he bore all the sins of the world? And guess what? I have some information I want to give you. So he handed to this elderly lady this information. The little boy closed the door. She turned around and as she opened up that track she opened up that brochure she said jesus does love me he really does love me so she bowed her head right then and she said i believe everything that this piece of paper has to say but if that little boy was sent to my house at this appointed time in this timeline of my life i know that he that you jesus loved me wow because this could not happen to anyone else well, Sunday morning came around, and Papa Pastor got up to preach. When he got up to preach, he first of all said, Is there anybody here that has maybe a testimony or word from the Lord? And the lady said, Yes, excuse me, I have something I would like to share. And so she stood up and she said, Last week was kind of a crossroads in my life. I really felt unloved. And yet, I was right in the middle of a time in my life where I was going to take my life. And I heard this knock on the door. And when I heard that knock, 
I decided to go down the steps, open up the door, and for the first time in my life, I heard a little 11-year-old boy say to me, do you know Jesus loves you this much? And she says, listen, pastor, you may not know this, but after I took that track, and after I took that information and I prayed over it, I then walked back up those steps and I took the rope that was hanging from that banister and that chair where I was going to take my life and I put it away and I said to myself, you are of value because Jesus sent your son to my house to give me life. It was then that that pastor said, I taught my son something that I was trying to embrace myself. Stop being lazy. It doesn't matter if it was rainy, water, sleet, snow. Get out there. Present the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's timing is perfect. And maybe today you're here because you were meant to be here. This is God's timing in your life. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, but I want you to know, church, that He is spread out his arms for you. Today's your day of salvation. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can be just like this elderly lady and say, here I am. Use me. Mold me. Make me. And I accept you today. And probably no church has ever experienced such a great revival after that elderly lady came and said, here I am. Well, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Lord, I come to you with faith and confidence that you hear me. Thank you for forgiving my sins that I can now approach your throne of grace with boldness, that I can come before you. Now, for many of you that are in this room, maybe there's some strongholds you've been dealing with. And if you can bring up that prayer up on the screen, I want to kind of encourage you with this prayer. And as this prayer is said today, I want you to really think about what I'm saying and how you too can have those same tools to stop it in your life from sexual immorality, from lust, from covetousness, from fear, maybe some anxiety you've been dealing with. But here's how the prayer goes. And following the service today, our ushers actually have a copy that I'd like you to take home with you. How to break strongholds of your life. I've printed it out for you to take. It says, Lord, I come to you with faith and confidence that you hear me. Thank you for forgiving my sins that I can now approach your throne of grace with boldness. I come before you in the name of Jesus and I ask that you reveal to me any strongholds that are holding me back and keeping me from walking and living in the victory that I already have in you. Thank you. Thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? Through the power of your name, I demolish. Through the power of your name, I cast down and completely shatter any stronghold that is keeping me from living in complete freedom and victory in you. And I destroy every stronghold of fear, anger, bitterness, and shame. They are obliterated in Jesus' name. Thank you 
that this is possible through the power of your Holy Spirit living in me. I abolish any other thoughts or negative patterns of thinking that are hostile to the gospel and against your word of truth. And now I pull out every root of bitterness and lingering seed of despair. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. When you bring every thought captive and you pull it down, watch. You then kneel and you cast that stronghold to its knees. You command it in the name of Jesus to take its rightful place on their knees. That's why he says, pull down and cast down every high imagination. Do you receive that today, church? Amen. Let's all rise to our feet as we pray. Father God, we love you. Thank you that we know and we can feel and sense your presence. Father God, we think big. We believe big and we expect big. And Father, today, I know that there are some that have dealt with strongholds and maybe they need to be bloodline breakers and they need to stop maybe some of the sins of, of their forefathers. But God, it says that you'll show mercy for thousands of years after. Father, I come before you today not preaching this message because I'm perfect, but because I'm forgiven. Not because I struggle with the same things, but Father, in the name of Jesus, I've pulled down every and cast down every high imagination, every thought we bring captive to Jesus Christ. Father God, we ask that today as we've learned how to, to work through, go through, help us, Father, to live a life that's obedient. Father, where we can fall in love with you, be in love with you, Lord, and that the world can see how big and how great our God is and how much you love us, that you sent your son to die for us. Father, today is a new day. Today is our day of salvation. Today is our day of deliverance. Today is our day to find peace. Father, so we break the barriers of our past. And Father, we ask that today, as we move forward, that we claim the word that Lord says your mercies are new every day. And Father, we speak and declare Jesus over our family line today in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, move and stir within the hearts of those that are in this room. Lord, let us make decisions for you as we close out the service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.